What up, fam? Welcome to Tune Lore Done Right, a bi-weekly podcast where I take a moment to give you a brief yet detailed history of a film, TV show character, or concept in animation. You can call me Dave, and I'm kind of a student of animation history. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash tunelore, or you can follow me on Instagram or on Twitter at tunelore.dr. Now, before I get started, I wanted to give a special shout out to everyone who has been listening to and sharing the podcast. I really can't thank you guys enough for liking, sharing, and subscribing. I also want to give a shout out to my listeners in the Netherlands, Portugal, Brazil, the UK, Russia, Venezuela, and Ireland. I never thought that my podcast would reach anywhere outside of Hong Kong or the US, but I'm so happy to see that it's reaching so many people and so many places. Also, for those who listened to my last episode, We Don't All Black the Same, I took a dive into some of my thoughts regarding the death of George Floyd and the place of black creatives. I mentioned that I'll take some time to really find my own voice in the podcasting space. It may take me a while to find the right format, but I'm going to try a few new things at the end of the episode, and I hope y'all really like it. Um, Now, with that being said, today I have a real treat for you, because I'm going to give you the TLDR on one of my favorite shows from the 90s. I need to give a special shout out to Tim Hughes and Dustin Grafsick of Dust Knight Illustrations for suggesting... Disney's Gargoyles. Gargoyles is an American animated TV series created by Greg Weisman and produced by Walt Disney Television. It originally aired from October 1994 to February 1997 with three seasons and a total of 78 episodes. The seasons are a bit weird though, uh, because season one and season three have 13 episodes and season two has 52. So it's really like six seasons if you break it down evenly. Um, But the series features a species of nocturnal creatures known as gargoyles that live during the night and turn into stone during the day. After a magic curse left them frozen in stone for a thousand years, they were later reawakened in modern day New York City. As they become familiar with their new home, they take on new roles as the city's secret nighttime protectors. Like I just mentioned, Gargoyles was created by Greg Weisman, who at the time was the director of series development at Disney TV Animation. To date, he has managed quite a few amazing TV shows, including, but not limited to, Young Justice, Max Steel, Kim Possible, The Spectacular Spider-Man, and he was an executive producer on Star Wars Rebels. As a visionary, many original ideas and concepts for Gargoyles were retained for the official release. While there were a few characters that had design changes, many of them stayed the same. In 1993, he recorded his pitch to Disney and it's actually pretty cool to watch. In the video, you can see some original concept art, story beats, and character designs. The pitch runs for about four minutes long, and I have a link for it in the show notes. I think it's interesting how during the pitch, he even pokes fun at how different in tone the show is from Disney's lineup of other TV shows. The main character who mostly remained intact from the original pitch is Goliath. Goliath is the stoic leader of the Gargoyle clan that we know. 
Before the time skip, his family was known as the Wyvern Clan. However, post time skip, they began to call themselves the Manhattan Clan. Voiced by Keith David, Goliath is known for his strength, honor, firm sense of morality, and fierceness in battle. He was named after the biblical giant Goliath by the humans he originally protected, making him the only gargoyle to have been named before the 1,000 year sleep. Hudson, Lexington, Brooklyn, Broadway, and Bronx also joined Goliath in his journeys and were original members of the Wyvern clan. However, unlike Goliath, they chose their own names in New York after the time skip. Hudson brings a real Danny Glover from Relief the Weapon vibe to the cast as he is constantly too old for anything. Brooklyn and the others are basically teenagers and their hijinks helps viewers to relate more to their transition into the new world. For the first few episodes of the show, we were made to believe that the formerly mentioned characters who happen to all be males are the only gargoyles to have survived to this time period. That is, until we're introduced to Goliath's love interest and the one he calls his angel of the night. However, we will come to know her as Demona. Before the 1000 year slumber, Demona was Goliath's love interest, most trusted advisor and fiercest warrior. I won't spoil much of her story because her character goes through quite the roller coaster, but during my rewatch of the show, I really saw how the writers were consistent in her ambitions from the very beginning. Both the viewers and the gargoyles on screen are taken on a ride to understand her long and tragic history. Her hate for humanity is really what drives her to move forward, and it is this hate that overshadows her intense love for Goliath, and even her care for other gargoyles. Demona is attracted to power and cunning, but doesn't understand what it means to sacrifice herself for others. This proves to be her downfall many times throughout the series. In the present, she shows that her knowledge of both technology and magic makes her the most dangerous gargoyle in the world. She will do anything to attain her goal of eradicating humanity, even if it means killing her own kind or even teaming up with humans to do it. The human that she schemes with the most is David Xanatos. However, her plans always have varying levels of success as she attempts to betray everyone she works with. David Xanatos, mostly referred to by his last name Xanatos, is the founder, owner, and CEO of Xanatos Enterprises. He is a multi-billionaire and he is the person who ultimately revived Goliath and his clan from their 1000 year sleep. As one of the primary antagonists of the series, his plans are often devious and intricate. To be honest, on more than one occasion, the true motive behind his plans were a surprise even to me. I guess that even on my most recent watch, there were some details that I missed as a kid. He's ruthless and cunning, but potentially his greatest strength is that he often learns from his mistakes and doesn't hold grudges. He usually does not seek revenge and will quickly throw water under the bridge to work with former or even current enemies to accomplish his goal. This sort of win-win mentality makes him a dangerous foe. Also, his extreme intelligence has led him to create his own AI, armored suits, cyborgs to assist him, and even clone Goliath. In addition to this, he is also a skilled fighter in his own right. He has mastered judo, advanced karate, and more. With all that in mind, he does have two flaws that ultimately lead to the failure of most of his plans. 
First, there's his lack of trust with his main co-conspirator Demona, which is 100% justified by the way. Um, their schemes often fail because they attempt to double cross one another at every turn. Secondly, and most importantly, he doesn't truly understand the concept of family or love. He trusts more in numbers than in people, and at one point even referred to the love for his fiance as his greatest weakness, to which Goliath responds, you are the only person who has ever regarded love as a weakness. Finally, to wrap up our main characters, we have Alisa Maza, who is a strong female lead with mixed heritage, which is kind of a big deal back then, and if I'm being totally honest, it will probably still be a big deal right now. She has an African-American mother and a Native American father, but was born and raised in New York City. She is a detective in New York's 23rd precinct and was dubbed the only human member of the Manhattan Gargoyle Clan. Because of her long history of investigating Xanatos, Elisa first encounters Goliath soon after the Gargoyles are revived in New York. She quickly gains Goliath's trust and the two bond almost immediately because of their desire to protect and to serve. To Goliath, Elisa represents all the good that is in humanity and reinforces his will to protect them. She also becomes kind of more than a friend to Goliath. At one point, she is turned into a gargoyle by magic and it is in this instant that breaks the final barrier in their relationship as both of them begin to struggle with how they feel towards one another. Even without the aid of the gargoyles though, Elisa shows herself as a strong, confident, and capable cop. Going through all of these characters really takes me back. I remember seeing the show when it originally aired. I remember thinking that this show was so much different than anything I had seen on Disney at the time. I was captivated by the visuals and the darker tone. It also handled complex themes that honestly still resonate with me today. In season one, there is an episode called A Long Way to Morning that focuses on themes of family, brotherhood, and even racism between humans and gargoyles. During a flashback segment, we see that a human friend of Hudson trusts him with his life, yet he still tells his daughter horror stories about the scary night creatures. When confronted about this by Hudson, the person simply says, quote, you're being too sensitive. Now, as a black man, I can't count on two hands how many times I've heard this in real life by people trying to minimize their racist comments. And it's because of this that I think that if the show was redone today, I'm sure that there will be much more than just one episode about this type of struggle, especially considering that Eliza is a female detective, minority, and has a white partner. This was big because at the time, Disney didn't have any other shows in their lineup that was like this. It was kind of the dark horse of the Disney lineup. So just to put some things into perspective, some of the shows that aired next to Gargoyles were Tailspin, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Goof Troop, Bonkers, Quack Pack, and I can't forget about DuckTales. Woo! <laughs> the closest thing that we got to Gargoyles at the time was Darkwing Duck. And Darkwing was clearly more of a comedy. It didn't keep those darker themes and was clearly a spoof on Batman. Speaking of Batman, Gargoyles was commonly compared to Batman the Animated Series. When I rewatched Gargoyles on Disney+, Plus, I was often reminded of that connection as well. Take a listen to this piece of the Batman animated intro. 
Now, take a listen to a clip from Gargoyles Episode 1. Take special note of the similarities in their use of the horn. So, when I investigated the music, I found that the composer for Gargoyles is a man named Carl Johnson. And my first thought was, CJ? From Grove Street? I wondered if he still wrote with Big Smoke out here chasing Vagos on locomotives and stuff. All we had to do was follow the train, CJ. All we had to do was follow the train, CJ. As a side note, I came across a YouTube video by user Warbear about why failing the train mission in GTA San Andreas isn't the player's fault. I have a link to that video in the description below. Anywho, Back to the topic at hand. After digging deeper and discovering his website, carljohnsonmusic.com, I found that he indeed composed for Batman the Animated Series. Then I looked a bit deeper and saw some of the other shows he composed for. Looney Tunes, Aladdin, The Return of Jafar, and The King of Thieves, Animaniac, The Amazing Spider-Man, Disney's Hercules, Freakazoid, 007 Skyfall, and he composed for Wally. It was awesome to see that he was a composer that worked on feature films. And when I jumped down that rabbit hole, I found that Jordan Peele reportedly pitched a film idea for Gargoyles to Disney in 2018. On December 7, 2019, comedian and impressionist Julian Fernandez at Julian F Comedy on Instagram stated that he would voice Goliath in Jordan Peele's movie, but that has not been confirmed. No major concrete details about this pitch came to light recently, but I can only hope that something does come up soon. I mentioned at the top of the show that I'd be trying a few new things, and this little segment is one of them. Whenever you hear that little interlude that just happened, you know that you're moving into a new segment. So now we've come to the portion of the show that I like to call The Hook Shot. It's where I watch the first three to five episodes of the show, and if I'm hooked, I would recommend that you give it a shot. So to watch Gargoyles, I hopped onto Disney Plus and I watched the first five episodes. And I must say that this is an amazing, story-driven set of action-packed episodes. In this short series of episodes, we're introduced to a dynamic and likable set of characters. We are shown hate, betrayal, racism, intrigue, and trust among the main characters, and even a love triangle. The first five episodes of Gargoyles actually act as a five-part introduction to the series. Uh, later, they repackage these as one miniseries or intro movie to the series. Each episode is called Awakening Part 1 through 5. For me, the most dynamic moments of this rewatch was when Goliath must make a choice between holding on to his past by saving the life of Demona and accepting his new life with the humans and being a protector of New York City by saving the life of Detective Masa. I definitely think you should give the show a shot. It gets two thumbs way, way up for me. I can't say it enough. Gargoyles is a dope show and I'm excited to continue my journey revisiting it. And while there isn't much information about the reboot or Jordan Peele movie, I would love to see it happen, but 
Then again, the show itself is so good that I wouldn't be heartbroken if a movie didn't happen. The show is good as it is, and I believe that people still look back on it fondly. I also think that you would love it, even if it's your first time visiting their world. Before I let you go, I want to take you to a part of the show that I like to call Black Light. Here, I scour the farthest and darkest corners of the internet to shine some light on a piece of work or an artist that has piqued my interest. Today, I have two for you. First is the Loose Change podcast, hosted by my wife, Deanna. Now, let's face it, guys. The whole world is going through massive changes right now. And on the Loose Change podcast, you can hear insightful conversations with life coaches, pastors, spouses who have to love from a distance, and more. You can check out the season two finale on all major podcasting platforms. Next, we have Dust Night Illustrations by Dustin Grofsey. You can find him on Instagram and on Facebook at DGLUPO07. If you are looking for illustrations, book covers, poster art, and business logos, his unique style may be the best for your creative project. For your project inquiries, you can DM him on Facebook and on Instagram. Again, that is Dust Night Illustrations at DGLUPO07. Alright, so this will be the last new segment I'm going to try this week, I promise. Now, just like the Black Light segment, I'm going to do trivia for each episode. The trivia will consist of one question um, that directly relates to the episode that we just talked about and one fan question. The first three people to respond correctly to this answer um, on my Instagram account or my Twitter post for this episode will get a shout out on the next episode. So... Here goes. Question one. What is Detective Eliza Mazda's heritage? Is she A, black and Mexican, B, black and white, C, black and Native American, or D, black and Chinese? Now, for my fan question, this is the first time I'm doing the segment, so I kind of didn't have any entries, so I'm just going to make up a question on my own. Now, put your thinking caps on and listen to this. Which show was not a part of Disney's One Saturday Morning? A. Pepper Ann B. Doug C. Recess or D. Quack Pack Now, remember, to get a special shout-out on my next episode, all you have to do is leave a comment on my Instagram or my Twitter at ToonLoreDR. And that's our show. This has been Toon Lore Done Right. And don't forget to like, share, review, comment, and subscribe. I can't wait to see the new countries and people that we can reach. If you would like to submit a trivia question, please send an email to toonlore.dr at gmail.com with the subject line TLDR Trivia. Please give a multiple choice question and note the correct answer. Also, feel free to leave your Twitter or Instagram handles in your message when you send me an email. You can make suggestions on future episodes by joining our Facebook page at facebook.com slash and also by 
mentioning me on Instagram or on Twitter at ToonLoreDR. So, until the next time I can give you the TLDR on a film, TV show, character, or concept in animation, it's been real. <laughs>